You're listening to The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. In every episode, we will discuss the topics and trends, the issues and ideas, the challenges and opportunities facing senior business leaders today. This series is one more way we want to engage with our network of industry executives. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello again, everyone. You're joining us for another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint podcast series. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm head of content and research. My guest today is Judith Colifer of Corber Pharma Software. Yes. Um, we're going to be having a conversation about something that I think is, is really topical, timely, important, and I'm a little surprised I haven't gotten to talk about it at the event yet, <laughs> cell and gene therapy digital transformation. Yes. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Judith, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks now, for the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you gave a, a presentation on this topic. Yes. Why don't we start there with uh, sort of an overview of what you wanted to share and, and maybe some of the takeaways you were hoping the audience would uh, would gain from attending your, your presentation? Definitely. Um, so I think when it comes to cell and gene therapy, we really see the industry now in a pivotal phase. For years and years, everybody has really worked on getting their products approved. Um, getting them safe, the guidelines by the FDA were released and everybody was really focusing on that and science made huge progress to really make sure that we have all of these amazing therapies which are really, really efficient. Now we see the pivotal change that it's about how do we get them accessible, how can we reduce the cost of goods, how can we standardize the therapies. So let's talk about digitization because I think when you're starting a new industry there's no sense building it the old way and then exactly. modernizing it. Why not just start with Pharma 4.0 or Industry 4.0 or whatever <laughs> tool and term we're going to use. Yeah. Um, so what should pharmaceutical companies be learning about and, and implementing uh, when they talk about digitization as their products come online? I think the way that I see it, it's not that what they should learn, but what we need to learn together. It's, mm -hmm. it's really a journey that can only happen if we learn from each other where we are right now, what are the biggest needs, and how can we can develop to the next step. So that is really what we are focusing on. We have an MES system that has been around for pharma for more than 30 years. And now, obviously, for cell and clean therapy customers, we are using it for a little bit over than five years. So it's not that we are new in this industry, but with these customers, we see what challenges they have. And obviously, one of these challenges is that there is not an established ecosystem like you would have in traditional pharma. There you have ERP, usually one of the big ones, then you have MES, you have LIMS, and then you have the equipment integration. In cell and gene therapy, everything is developing. The equipment is very fast developing. There are new vendors at every conference that we see. Um, at the same time, the MES and the LIMS need to cover specific requirements that other customers don't have or customers in other areas don't have. Um, and we also have the additional aspect of traceability that is especially important, of course, for patient-specific cell and clean therapy, where you need to really follow the patient's information from the first part, the apheresis, where that's basically the, the salts that are used for the treatment are taken from the patient's blood and then you have the shipment, then you have, and then you start the manufacturing process. Over the complete process, we need to follow this traceability, and afterwards, of course, again, shipment, and then the treatment. So that's quite unique to personalized medicine, and these are requirements that we didn't have. 
with that, we have new players. So because obviously we have now software solutions that really cover this aspect that are HIPAA compliant because they can cover the patient's information, which is very sensitive information, of course. So all of this leads to basically an, an area and an ecosystem that is evolving. It's not stable and it's not standardized for, for a long time. And I think if you compare to traditional pharma, we had pharma manufacturing pretty pretty stable. And then this ecosystem developed over maybe 20 years. In cell and clean therapy, to really be successful and really safe for the patients, we don't have this amount of time. So we just need to be faster. And at the same time, we already have a lot of information, right? We can leverage a lot from traditional biotech. We have the new information, we have the guidelines from FDA and EMA and from ICC-BBI, who are really working very hard on developing these new guidelines to help the manufacturers. Um, and that all comes together basically in a very agile environment. Um, and I think in that we now can work together on the standards that we need for, for, this, for this industry. Another point that you mentioned just a little bit at the top, and I'd love for you to expand, is yeah. obviously as cell and gene therapies come to market, you know, when, when they were proven out and tested and, and effective, they cost enormous sums. And, yes. and we have to get cost to patient down to a reasonable amount. And, yes. and digitization can be a huge component in that. Absolutely. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the aspects that we really want to work on is obviously the cost of labor. Right? And at the same time, we have the so-called war for talent. And that's even more drastic if it comes to cell and clean therapy because finding people with experience in this field is very hard. If this field... <laughs> I, remember, I remember when you said, I've been at this 16 years. I said, you have? My goodness, you might be the 12. most... Well, I beg your pardon. You might be the most experienced person I know in this space. Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> anyway, not. Anyway, it is, it is a, a limited pool of talent for yes. sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, go that's on. Fine, that's fine. <laughs> um, so it's a really limited uh, pool of people and with that of course we have high costs for for the people we have high costs for quality of course um, and I think digitization especially standardized digitization process can really help to bring the costs down because you can reduce the amount of flexibility and agility that you have in the process and that's really what we want to work on so digitization is definitely part of the solution in our mind to really reduce the cost of goods in this industry one of the things that fascinates me about the space is that they are still kind of debating what the future of manufacturing is even going to be. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I'll, I'll use one example that is sort of, uh, it's not going to be universal, but you know, someone was saying to me, you know, there's a version of this where 20 years from now, every hospital has a machine like a Coke dispenser, yeah. where you take the sample from the patient and you put in the <laughs> stuff and it, it puts out a one person therapy in the bottom. And my job for the next 20 years is figuring out how to design and maintain that Coke machine. <laughs> And that sounds like science fiction to me, but when you're talking about building the tools, the digitization tools yeah. that are going to communicate, you don't know what they're communicating to yet. It's still being invented. That's very true. Um, and at the same time, I think the way that we approach it is it doesn't have to be today we are here and tomorrow you need to be at the moon, mm. right? That will never work because what the reality is that we have a lot of startup companies investing in these therapies. They are developing these therapies and I, th I don't think they have the possibility to say, hi, tomorrow I have this super advanced equipment. Now I jump to that, 
So what we as a software provider really see is we follow where the customer is going. And if a customer says, now I'm 100% on paper and I want to take the next step on digitization, we can work on that together, right? It doesn't have to be today it's that, tomorrow it's that. Change management in such an agile environment where everything is so tight, so tightly scheduled, is difficult. So that's exactly why we are always saying it can be an iterative approach. It doesn't have to be between black and white. It doesn't have to be between zero and 100%. We can take it step by step because that will make it so much easier, especially for smaller companies to invest in that and to really go that in a step-by-step -step approach. It doesn't have to be this complete change. At the same time, of course, you are right. There are amazing solutions out there, but I think we still need some time to really understand how they can work together with the industries that we currently have. Because right now, a lot of the manufacturing processes that we see still rely on a lot of manual steps. Um, and of course, again, that adds to the complexity and it adds to the costs. There's no question about that. But that doesn't mean that we as a solution provider just look what will be in the future. We mainly look at what happens now. One of the developments that we see right now, and that's really interesting, is the decentralized manufacturing. Mm. Uh, that is something that has been discussed forever. And it, at every conference, there was a panel about, hey, what will be the future, decentralized or centralized? Um, and I think for autolightless manufacturing, always the experts have really agreed on it will be decentralized. But it was always, a, yeah, but how do we do that? And now we actually have the clinical trials and we also have the equipment providers that actually develop in this direction. So for me, that's super exciting because everybody has talked about that for such a long time. And now we actually see that happen. So it's a step-to-step -step approach, but we really see amazing developments in the field when it comes to the manufacturing process. And I think that makes so much sense that it is going to be uh, iterative. It's not waiting for the solution to be developed fully formed. It's uh, as you get there, digitization should be part of that evolution exactly. so that it works at every step. Exactly. It doesn't help us to provide something uh, that is not suitable for our customers. They need what they need to support their current manufacturing process. And that's what we are working on. So we are working on having a system that provides more flexibility for them. We have a system that provides the possibility to create these recipes that really cover these very complex procedures. And that is really what we are working on. And we have a lot of possibilities to interface. So whatever equipment will come, uh, I think we will prepare for that. Um, we also have a lot of discussions with equipment providers to make sure, hey, in which direction are you developing? Will it be MSI? Will it be OPC? What kind of interfaces are you thinking about? Real-time data versus analysis data. All of these aspects, we talk to each other. But in the end, the industry will tell us what they need. And that's what we are developing. My first thought to that is, I think every digitization that works comes from an actual need within the industry. Exactly. You can't just buy a shiny no. tool and impose it on people. They need, exactly. they need the help. Exactly. Um, I'm so interested when you say how much you're collaborating with equipment mm -hmm. providers. And, and it really feels in the life sciences space that it is a collaborative approach to digitization <laughs> from the get-go. Yeah. I'd love for you to expand a little on that. Oh yeah, that's very true. Um, I completely agree, and I think especially in salon clean therapy, because right now, as I said, we are taking the leap to actually being an industry. 
from being this kind of scientific community to actually being an industry on the commercial level. Um, and I think everybody who is working in this field, really everybody, sees the need for collaboration because if we are not successful together, then we will fail this industry. You know, it's it's really it's really something where we see so great collaboration. And for example, today at my presentation, I talked about a biofarm publication that we worked on together with manufacturers, CMOs, CDMOs, equipment providers, software providers, and we basically get got together on a traceability sprint and worked out a best practice guideline on traceability for autological cell therapy manufacturing. And we all took this time out of our calendar, worked together, competitor to competitor, solution provider to manufacturer or whatever, because we all see this need. Um, and it's really, everybody is really open and really willing to share information because we all see that we want to be successful in this field. For that, the field needs to be successful. And for that, we need to contribute by really sharing information and by discussing. And at the same time, um, Digitization in cell and gene therapy is not exactly where you find a lot of allies <laughs> very soon. You know, it's, it's not something where a lot of people are working on. So I think the people who have experience on that have always been very open to discuss and to share because we all see, well, we need to get there and we can, we can make very, very small part, but we can make a difference here. Yeah. Well, so I think it's an interesting point that it is a, a community of innovators working yeah. in a very specific field. So yeah. you do all know each other. But yes. um, for people who are joining that community who yeah. might be listening to this and saying, hey, you know, our, our company just bought some mm -hmm. startup and we want to <laughs> give them the resources they need to succeed. Yeah. What makes your organization a, a leader in this space, a partner of choice? Like, what does working with you look like? I think... What really is a differentiator is that we have a lot of experience. Um, we have worked already on so many cell and gene therapy projects from commercial um, on clinical trial phase one. We have customers who basically never started with paper but went to digitization immediately. We have had others who made the transition. Um, I think we really have a lot of experience in this field. And for example, we have specific consultants for our software who only work with cell and gene therapy companies because we see the specific needs. And for that, we need people who are skilled and who understand the process so they can really talk to these industry leaders and work on their recipes with them. So this is really what we are using or this is really our strategy to coming from experience and also I think I I think it's true for for many companies but we really listen it's it's not about us with a lot of experience that we have still it's not us telling somebody what to do it's about discussing and really having a partnership and for example we have this PASIX community um, where all of our customers come together and discuss and in that, for example, we had a special, have a special interest group on cell and gene therapy. So um, we had the possibility to meet every second month and discuss how are you using the system, what are your issues, what is still lacking. And then I had the possibility to take this information and get out to the industry, to conferences, or um, had the possibility to meet with regulators um, here and there and kind of fights the battle for our customers <laughs> to, to make sure that they see the need that, that they have where it's still lacking on standardization. And at the same time, um, 
the collaboration with the equipment vendors is one thing, and that's really important to us. At the same time, we also have partnerships with the different solution providers, for example, Traxa and HyperTrust, who have basically a tool that covers this traceability aspect. They can generate the claim of identity identifier and are HIPAA compliant. Um, and with them, we partner already for three years, I think, and we really talk regularly. It's not that we are partner on paper. It's we really meet and say, so what are your experiences? Where do you see challenges? Where do you think we should develop together? We know each other's roadmap, and we can really talk about what, how does it make sense to integrate with our system. And at the same time, fine scheduling, analytic orchestration. So really the quite specific aspects for saline therapy we are talking to the other vendors um, very, very regularly, and with that we have the possibility to solve a lot of the issues that otherwise our customers would have. As interesting as all this is, I think it can be tough for people to imagine specifics mm -hmm. because there's so much happening that is new. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if we could illustrate what we're talking about with an example. And I appreciate maybe you can't mention a specific company by name, but walk us through They've come to you with something they're trying to do and yeah. you're helping them. Definitely. Um, I think I can talk basically about a group of customers that we are currently working with. And they are doing something that we are not specifically used to from our traditional aspects, um, which is using electronic battery quite very early on in their clinical trials. And with that, we really have a few very certain uh, challenges because an EBR is really built in order Order to control your process, right? So you define your process and then you record what you are doing and the system will detect wherever you go differently. Now in clinical trials you have constant changes and you allow some flexibility to the process. At the same time, of course, it's not complete flexibility. You still have the specific process. So what we have come up with is the definition of controlled flexibility where we say which part of the process is under control and which part will not be changed. And if so, it will be really a big signal if we want to change it. So for example, freezing protocol um, at the end of the procedure for service manufacturing is something that is very rarely changed. So that is probably something that we can already put under a complete EVR control, I want to call it. So we have the instruction for the operator, we have the instruction for the equipment, and then we follow it, and every deviation will actually be an exception. Other parts, like for example the genetic modification of the salts, that is very often still flexible. So what we do here is that we take more of a paper-on-glass approach, basically just asking the operator um, to collect all the data that they collect without having so much of a control against it because we say it's still flexible. There are still different possibilities where to go. And with this combination, we are able to collect digital data over the complete process. We make best use of the EBR, and by collecting all of these digital data, we have the possibility to now improve the, um, the, the journey to commercialization and really speed it up. Because what we do now is that we basically feed these data in into our data analytics tool, which is our second module of our software. Um, and in this data analytics tool, we use the EBR data together with analytics data and basic con basically contextualize them, store them in one central database, and are able to analyze them. And with that, we basically have a constant data flow, which really makes it so much easier for our customers to go through the clinical trials. At the same time, 
I think a lot of startups that go, for example, in, in clinical trials for the digitization, they don't want to invest in a complete digital infrastructure. So our software as a service um, solution is something that especially these customers really usually use because that gives them the possibility to just plug and play. They can just buy the system, buy the license, we take care of everything and they can just use it. Um, so that is something that we have seen very useful and all of the customers who have used it this way and really gone with us through this journey so for now are, are very, very happy with the results. And of course we as well because it was really a partnership. We both had to figure out together how we want to do that, what is the most successful approach. Um, and I think that was really a success story for all of us that we are very happy with. For sure. Those are two great examples. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, you know, I know we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation, and you gave a, a presentation as well that I'm sure went into even further detail. Mm -hmm. uh, what are two or three maybe key takeaways that you want people to think about a little further when they're thinking about digitization in the cell and gene therapy space? I think um, one is really it does make sense to start early, especially in cell and gene therapy, because there is so much administration effort just for the traceability in your execution, it really does make sense to use an electronic system very early on, even if you still have parts of the process that is still flexible, because you will find a solution how to use the EBR in a best practice way. Um, the second thing is what I was talking about in data analytics. Um, if we collect as many po as possible data points in a process like cell and gene therapy, it really gives us an advantage because in cell and gene therapy, we often have very limited amount of patients. Um, we have at the same time a very complex process. So we just need to make the absolute best of each and every data point that we have and also from training runs, from validation runs, from everything. So that is really the second takeaway I would see, to make sure that you really use the digital data that you already have. And I think the third thing is that we really continue to work on the collaboration and on standardization of the industry by working together, by releasing guidelines, by using societies like ISPE and Bioforum where a lot of these things are really already happening. Um, and yeah, I think that will be very helpful for all of us who want to see these therapies be successful. This is such uh, an exciting space with a lot happening and a lot changing. And uh, I know it's a community of innovators, but there's also a lot of people looking on who at some point are going to join that community. For people who have questions or want to learn more, what's the best way to get in touch? Um, well, they can always visit our website, so kerber-pharma.com. Um, and there we also have one separate website about our cell and gene therapy solution. And there is a lot of material about our cell and gene therapy solution um, to, to be found. And of course, we also have our contact formula there. So that's definitely one way to go. And otherwise, I'm just very happy to just give you my email address. That's judith.colliver at kerber.com. So everybody is invited to just shoot me an email or contact me via LinkedIn because I'm always very happy to discuss about that topic. So everybody who's interested, please feel free uh, to contact me. I, I always uh, take a minute when someone makes the, the personal invitation. You know, I've enjoyed speaking with Judith, and I think Thank a you. lot of people would probably enjoy <laughs> speaking with Judith. She's clearly a, a wealth of information on the topic. Thank you. Um, 
please do check out their website. Please do uh, message her directly if you've got something specific you want to talk about. Judith, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your invitation. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint podcast series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon.